Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Generation Broadway. I am your host, Jillian Kidd. I am so excited to be here today. We are talking about one of my new favorite things. I am so obsessed. I've seen this for, like, the past couple of months, and it's finally, like, a real thing that I can actually, like, justify taking a whole episode of the podcast to talk about. Um, I think it is also something that's going to change how we view theater. So uh, with all that, today we are talking about Ratatouille the Musical or Ratatousical. Um, as I mentioned, I love this so much and I'm so excited to just get right into it. So get let's right go. Into things. You have Ratatouille the Musical, as I mentioned. Um, this got its start on TikTok as a meme where this one girl was like, yo, Ratatouille the Musical sounds like a really great idea a lot of other disney and pixar movies are becoming musicals i think gratitude should get the same treatment and then basically the theater community was like yeah 100 percent, absolutely i vibe with that and away with the horses they were off they were ready to go they were in the zone uh you saw a bunch of people you saw uh, musicians people who could sing uh people who can write music they were making songs they were making scores and different things like that you saw dancers coming up with choreography to go with the music um set designers stage managers makeup crew like all of the like really everybody who has like a hand in the musical theater community was like coming together to put forward their idea of like oh this is what i think should happen and this has been on TikTok for a while. It definitely started getting its traction um, this summer, which was pretty interesting. I think everyone, that's kind of when people started to clue in and be like, oh, yeah, like theater is really not coming back soon. But there is this TikTok thing going on and I can use that as a creative outlet. So, yeah, I will write music for this. I will do this. And that's something I'm going to put my like effort into. And now it's this whole musical, which is really funny. And I do actually want to point out something that I find hilarious, because the main song, like, the thing that's been associated with, like, the musical this whole time has been a song where the key lyrics are, uh, like, Remy the Ratatouille, the rat of all my dreams. And it is so funny because it is basically this one girl wrote the song, now it's the biggest thing and the thing associated with the musical, and it is a fundamental misunderstanding of what Ratatouille actually is. Ratatouille is not a play on words that the Pixar movie used. Um, it is a food. It is a dish. So that is very funny to me. It makes me chuckle every time I hear it. But yeah, so basically it got its traction this summer, and then Broadway producers started hearing about it, which is really funny because you're like, oh, dang, I guess like everybody is on TikTok, and it was no longer this, like, kind of small like underground thing like everybody started knowing about it and it was picked up within like I think within like two weeks they were like oh yeah like we'll make this into a musical we can do this so uh they announced that on January 1st of 2021 they would be putting on a production of Ratatouille the musical it was directed by uh Lucy Moss who I love she's very talented she's also like 25 which is really cool um but she directed she was one of the co-directors of six the musical which is about to be on broadway um and it was really funny that she was like yeah i'll do this like i'm so down uh and then they got like an actual like cast for it like which i must say is insane so the cast featured titus burgess as remy wayne brady as django adam lambert as emile andrew barth feldman as linguini ashley park as colette 
Mary Testa as Skinner, Kevin Chamberlain as Chef Gusteau, Priscilla Lopez as Mabel, Andre DeShields as Ego, and Owen Tamika, I believe I'm saying that correctly, I hope, um, as a young Ego. And then they had a really big ensemble who included the Broadway cast of six, uh, J.J. Neiman, who was in Book of Mormon as a swing and has recently come to fame on TikTok, and Joy Woods, to name a few. So... Basically, I am just today going to go over, like, my opinion of it, what I thought was great, what I thought was bad, and then at the end, I'm probably going to talk about how I think this might change musical theater. So, starting off with pros. Guys, I thought this was so good. Like, there was really, my pros list is so long compared to my cons. I thought it was amazing. Um, The cast was so well done. It was brilliant. Like, I was so floored by how good they all were and how much effort they all were, like, ready to put into this. Um, I don't know how to explain that Andrew Barth Feldman just is Linguini. He did phenomenally. He's, he's so talented. <laughs> and it was so funny to see him just, like, doing this. And I know he, the song he sang, um, like, one of his friends wrote it, which was really cool. Uh, so he, like, definitely had a bit more of a connection to, like, the work, I guess. And then you had Wayne Brady and Adam Lambert, who were, like, in my opinion, like, they stole the show. They were so good. I, they did not need to put as much effort as they did into this. And they did. It was amazing. They were both in, like, Wayne Brady had, like, makeup, costumes, everything. Adam Lambert had sung one of the best songs, in my opinion. And he had a little costume. Like, it was so, so good. Um... I was a little bit worried about having a woman play Skinner. Mary Testa was amazing. She blew it out of the water. She was she brought the exact energy that you need to play Skinner, and she did so well. Like, I think if this ever, like, did go on to Broadway, I think she is the only person that I would now say could do justice to Skinner because that's a pretty hard role, and she was just so phenomenal. And I need to mention, I am absolutely obsessed with Kevin Chamberlain, who, to my knowledge, wrote his own song for it. He wrote Anyone Can Cook. I love him so much. He's such an icon. He, he definitely, because he was in it, in on it in, like, TikTok. He was, like, he posted it, and I remember seeing it because he was, like, guys, I just really like Ratatouille, and I like the theater, so I'm going to do this and get involved. And it's just, like such a wholesome energy it was so good um what I also wanted to point out and I was actually like very shocked about this is that they stayed really really true to the um TikTok material uh so it was like every single song there was probably about so it was an hour-long show there was probably like 10 songs I think um and they all were from TikTok like I you could see them if you looked up the name of the song you could definitely see the original TikTok version of it which is really cool, and they did, like, a little uh, curtain call type thing at the very end, and they included the original creators from TikTok, which, again, really awesome that they're giving credit where credit is due. They're like, we didn't come up with this. This was all done by these TikTok creators who are not professionals, and we're just doing this because they thought it would be fun, and it was so good. Uh, The music was really, really good. It was cool. There was, like, a really amazing job of having like a consistent theme throughout the whole thing of anyone can cook and they had the same melody in I can cook as they had in the final song so that was like a big thing for Remy like it showed a good character arc which is cool and I really liked that 
Um, also, by far, by far, my favorite song of the whole thing, which I have to talk about this, my favorite song is Rat's Life. I don't even think that's what it's actually called, but it's the one sung by Adam Lambert, and it is so good. It's him basically being like, Remy, you can't cook. You're like a rat. This is, that's not what you're supposed to do. And it had the, the, the cast of six was performing with him. So they were all like in like, they had mouse ears, they had a little like makeup on, and they were doing a dance. <laughs> they were doing like, some of it was like TikTok dance moves, some of it was like actual moves. Um, and they were like the ensemble for it. And they are credited as rat queens, which I think is so funny. But that number was so like well done and well performed. And it was just like, it, it was so captivating. It was so funny. But I was watching it and I was like, oh my God, like this is so good. I love this. Um, so that's just my ode to the women of six, which I will probably give every episode as I have given it in both the first and this episode. So yeah, but moving on. They also did a really good job with their ensemble of staying true to TikTok material. A lot of it was choreography you can see dancers on TikTok doing. And then then they also used effects from TikTok. So the like multiply or like copy effect where it's like you and then you have two people behind you to kind of make the ensemble feel a bit better. Uh, The key members of the ensemble were George Woods and JJ Neiman. JJ, of course, uh, as I mentioned earlier, was in, he was a swing in the Book of Mormon on Broadway, but kind of beyond that. And I think a big reason as to why he was in this is because he has been really involved in Ratatouille the musical. He's really big on TikTok kind of regardless for the theater community because he like talks about Broadway and like his experience and he's very funny and talented. So I was really happy to see him. I love and the ensemble did a really good job. Obviously, it's like pretty hard to do a virtual ensemble. And the two of them were, like, very well in sync. They had, like, a tap number. They had, they had a, like, a lot of different dance elements, which was very impressive. And I did not think they could pull it off. Um, also, this was, like, intensely captivating. Like, oh, she might kill me for saying this. I watched this with my sister, and we were both crying at the end. <laughs> it was so good. The last song is, like, the one that everybody has been hearing for months and it was just like, you're like, oh my god, this is a thing, this is real, and it was like, so emotional, and, um, and it's just an example of like, theater will live on, even if it can't be live, so I, it was so good, it was so, so, so good, and I cannot speak highly enough about it, I loved it, I absolutely recommend people watch it. So, with that being said, I do have to talk about a couple of cons I had, because I do want to be a little bit fair about this, uh, and obviously there's going to be flaws with everything people make, but, and you know, that's how it is. That's just life, but it happens. Um, I would say that the biggest thing I noticed is that a lot of their faults and flaws that I was like, oh, that was a little weird, um, mostly just could be chalked up to the fact that it was virtual, and we haven't really seen a feature like like a longer musical being done virtually like this before so uh like the biggest thing with that would be like sometimes the timing was a little bit off or like a little bit odd but obviously like that is I think to be expected I I assumed it would be like that just because you know you're gonna have like a one-sided conversation and just hope that the timing works and that you're giving enough time and that there's space and that there's not like an uncomfortable pause and I think that that is like very fair, but it did kind of pull you out a little bit because there's especially I noticed it mostly I think in the transition 
from speech to song, which is tricky, like, even in a live musical, sometimes it's, like, really abrupt, and you're like, oh, that's odd, okay, um, but it was mostly then when I noticed it, I think it was good enough, you know, like, it wasn't, it didn't ruin it, but it did definitely, you know, but it did definitely pull you out a little bit and kind of remind you of, like, where you were, and it just, like, disconnected you a slight bit from the actual thing, but I don't think it was that huge of a deal, just a little bit noticeable. Uh, beyond that, the backgrounds were um, as good as they could be. They were a little bit weird, okay? The backgrounds were, um, I think, done on paint.net, it looked like. Like, they were definitely, like, kind of weird backgrounds. Um, if They decided that, um, I don't know who did this or what this decision was, but... Everyone had their own backgrounds. So Andrew Barth Feldman, I think, filmed it in a quiet, just in a room somewhere. And so you could see his door in the background, which is like fine. Not a big deal. Um, most of them had like a neutral gray background, which was good. Definitely works. Uh, good enough. Kind of made it seem familiar. Um, and then Titus Burgess exclusively. I don't know for what reason, but he, he, oh, I don't know what for what reason, but only he had a CGI background with like green screen and different pictures being put up. Um, I felt like sometimes that worked, but then other times it kind of pulled you away from it a little bit. Um, they when they had it, what I really liked was when they had it um, where they were showing him under Linguini's hat. You could see like the background was there's like little indents to show that it was like a white hat that he was in so I thought that worked really well but the biggest one that I was like oh this is kind of weird this looks a little bit odd was when he was like this the background was the city of Paris it just was like it looked like it was rushed to be done which again makes sense but it was just like it was odd and it didn't really fit kind of the rest of the musical I think it was a little bit isolating and it I don't know if it did what they were intending for it to do um like I think they wanted it to be like a cartoon almost but it just kind of like pulled you away a little bit more and was like oh all right cool uh and that was like I think that was definitely a bit of a disconnect but beyond that I don't know if I had too many too many qualms to bring up with this it was really well done. It was, like, weirdly great. <laughs> I did not expect it to be as good as it was, so when it was so great, I was like, wow, this is phenomenal, and I kind of, like, instantly forgot about any negatives I had, which is really well done. If you can do that, if you can make a musical and be like, people aren't going to remember the bad parts about this, that's phenomenal. That's so impressive. Moving on to the final part of the podcast, I'm going to talk about the impact I think that this had on live theater. Um, I think kind of no matter what, and I'll probably talk about this later on, but no matter what, this quarantine and this pandemic will change how we view theater. I think it has definitely proven that theater is a largely inaccessible industry and it can't be like that in the future because you are now seeing a lot of theater companies trying to rely on other ways, and you've seen virtual musicals being done before. Star Kid, Team Star Kid, which I will definitely talk about in another episode, but they 
do all of their musicals in person and then they film them and they put them up on YouTube. And I think they've been very successful in that. They've, they're like a 10 year standing company. So that works well. Um, and I think <laughs> Ratatouille the musical is another really, really good example of how musicals do not need, it is not a requirement anymore for them to be, you need to view it live. I think that the argument of like, oh, you need to see it live, there's an element you're missing when you view it online, is kind of true. Obviously, watching something in person is different than watching it on a screen, but at the end of the day, not everybody can afford to pay. Broadway shows are so expensive, so it's hard to like kind of justify paying that much money if you really can't afford it, which is so fair. And then the other big thing is that not everybody lives in New York or London or Toronto or a big city where shows are touring. And even then there's only like five shows that tour a year. So it's hard to kind of see musical theater unless you are willing to put in a lot of money to it. And I think that this kind of shows that that is not necessary and that costing, spending an arm and a leg on tickets for something is not going to be a requirement in the future or should not at least be a requirement in the future. Um, I think also what this proved of anything is that you do not need to be as reliant on big names and, and the idea of somebody working on a project to drum up attention for it. Ratatouille the Musical got started by people who were not famous. It was not, it was kids my age, kids from small towns, kids from all every corner of the world giving their input and working together to do this. And then it got so much traction. And then it became a little bit bigger because they had actual names attached to it. But I think if anything, that just made it, solidified it. It made it real when they had like big names like Adam Lambert and Wayne Brady, who were in the cast. Like it definitely, I think, brought it to the attention of like the general public. But I, you don't need huge names in your creative team to produce something and make it worthwhile because this was absolutely worthwhile and you also then kind of have to wonder how much say the big names that they brought in like Lucy Moss how much say did she really have and what was going like most of the content was already produced so they were really just lengthening the songs and then figuring out how to do it virtually so I would say that like you I hope that is a big takeaway for like producers because Broadway is definitely it is a community of acceptance but there's a long way it has to go and there's a long way it can still go um and I hope that this is like a good sign of that of that like you do not need you don't need Pasek and Paul or Lin-Manuel Miranda or any other huge names like uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber you don't need those names to make your production legitimate a lot of huge musicals get started out by people who are nobodies. And I hope that we as a society can kind of like put our faith back into people with limited experience and a really great idea because this, that's all this was. And it was so, so, so good. So with all that being said, I just spent, I think about 20 minutes talking about how great I find this musical and how brilliant it is. So I really hope you guys check it out. As I mentioned, they did it at the beginning of the month, and it's kind of perceived that, like, oh, it's one and done, they'll do that, they'll end it. That is not the case. There are two ways you can watch it. One is a little bit spicier than the other one. So, 
the first one, the one I absolutely would recommend, TikTok is showing it live Saturday, January 9th at 8 p.m. 8 p.m. Eastern, and I believe that's 6 p.m. Mountain, I think. I think it's 6 p.m. Mountain. It should, yes. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so it's at 6 p.m. Mountain. I highly recommend you go check it out. They're doing it live, so it starts directly at 8 or 6, and it goes for an hour, and then it's done. Please go check it out. It is so good. The other way you can watch it, which I... The other way you can watch it is on YouTube. People have kind of recorded the show, which you aren't supposed to do, but that's okay, because that is how I watch a lot of musicals, um, and that's how a lot of people who don't live in New York watch a lot of musicals, but, like, literally right before I went to go film this, I wanted to listen to Rats Way of Life to, like, get me pumped up and hyped and ready to record, um, and I found the original, like, the guy that wrote it, the original guy, I found his version of it, I found numerous recordings of it, um, from the, like, One Night Only Adam Lambert version, and I also found, very remarkably, like, a full recorded version of, a full recorded version of the show, so someone, like, screen recorded and then posted it, so those ones, the thing with that is it can sometimes get taken down a little bit quicker, because YouTube, like, if a lot of people see it, YouTube, someone can report it to YouTube as being copyrighted, and they can't, they don't have the rights to post it, and then YouTube takes it down. So, if you can't make it to Saturday, January 9th at 6 p.m. Mountain, please check it out on YouTube. At least listen to the music. It is so good, and I really hope this becomes a feature-length musical. And that is the end of our episode. I hope you guys enjoyed me really just rambling about Ratatouille the musical. Uh, I don't really have a production schedule yet. I did, and then I didn't stick to it, so that's my bad. (laughs) But I will come up with something. I'll get something more solid, and I'll let you guys know. But thank you so much for listening to this week's episode, and I can't wait to see you guys all back here next week. Uh, Thanks for listening, and see ya!